Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hello and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Emily. And I'm Christy. We're just two gals in our 20s trying to live our best type 1 diabetic lives. Every week we tackle a new topic from the diabetic perspective. Although we offer tips, we are not medical professionals, but we also offer plenty of anecdotes and general thoughts about how to embrace the type 1 lifestyle on your own terms. It's not always easy to do through all of the literal highs and lows, but it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to our first episode. It's Emily here. And Christy. Hey, hey. So our very first episode, we are going to just jump right into our diagnoses, talk a little bit about how we got to where we are, and hope you uh, enjoy. Is that the right word, Christy? It's kind of a... (laughs) We hope you enjoy our diagnoses. We hope you... Actually, I hope you don't relate to mine. Yeah, I don't know. Emily, just dive in. (laughs) I hope you don't relate to Christy's either. Anywho, Emily here. Um, I was diagnosed when I was 20 years old with type 1 diabetes, and I'm originally from Jacksonville, Florida. Shout out to anyone who hates the Jaguars as much as I do. Um, I'm a pretty horrible Floridian. Anywho, I was a sophomore in college, and actually in between my freshman and sophomore year, I spent the summer at home interning for my hometown magazine, and which I still freelance right shout out to them and see you're a good Floridian I mean yeah I I do a lot of health articles shout out to Jocelyn for throwing those my way really helps pay that New York rent know what I'm saying anyways (laughs) so back to my diagnosis I have no family history as many with type 1 also do not have family history I'm not 100% on the statistics, but I think it's only like 20% of people with type 1 diabetes have a family history because of its autoimmune disease um, origins. So I had no idea what was going on, but my parents were out of town, may or may not have had a few frozen margaritas and then gotten blood work done the next day um, because no one told me and clearly I was not living my best life or was, depending on how you look at it really. And I got a finger prick and my blood sugar was like 330, something ridiculous for those other fellow pancreas pals, diabetes out there. You know that's a high number, but for those who are a little bit diabetic challenged, aka you have a working pancreas, love you, hate you, basically (laughs) that you don't want to be above like 110 if you have a working pancreas and you're not diabetic. And so I was a bit over that by like 220 points, give or take. Just just a smidgen. Yeah, and I was probably like, I want to say like five foot six, maybe like 150 pounds at the time. So not, not super overweight, nowhere in the realm of developing type 2 because of a, a lifestyle situation. And I had no family history of type 2 or type 1, like I said. And my new general practitioner, which is why I was getting the blood work done, I was getting a new adult doctor because... I was a kiddo transferring over to the adult life somewhat. This Um, was some kind of welcome. 
Oh, it was a harsh reality, just like adulthood. (laughs) Wow, that was bitter. Anyways, (laughs) she immediately put me on metformin and was like, oh, hey, you have pre-type, you have pre-diabetes, aka pre-type 2. And I'm like, oh, hold up, no. And anyways, I got really sick from that medication, couldn't get out of bed for like three days. And meanwhile, I also had thyroid disease, which is another autoimmune disease. So red flag numero uno that I would have type one, aka another autoimmune disease. And I went to my endocrinologist and she was like, oh yeah, no, you're pre-type one. I mean, pre-type two. I agree with you, with your GP. And I was like, you guys are both idiots, but okay. So I cut out carbs for a year for a year of my life, I did not That eat. is not your best life, no, I promise. I was weak, I was irritable, I was disgusting, and my blood sugar numbers went back down immediately because I was honeymooning and my pancreas was still putting out some insulin. And I'd, you know, work out all the time. I really didn't lose that much weight because of all the fat I was eating and meat and stuff like that. Because um, it was kind of like a heavy fat diet, but no sugar, really no carbs. And I wasn't even eating that much fruit either because that had so many carbs. So basically, it was like a disgusting blob. And then at the end of my sophomore year of college, I started having all the symptoms of type 1 diabetes, as in peeing every like, maybe like three times an hour, honestly, drinking, I drank 10 tumblers a day, 10 24 ounce water bottles a day, could barely get out of bed, so sick, calling my endocrine in Florida, because I went to Boston University, where I met Chris Day, hey. Hello. (laughs) She's still there, guys, I promise. Still here. (laughs) Patiently waiting. Still Uh, here, supporting. (laughs) That's what a pancreas pal does, supports and understands. Anyways, um, I like couldn't get out of bed, so sick, calling my endocrinologist in Florida, and she just kept being like, oh, drink water. And I was like, hold up. They had me testing like random times, like once a week, because in their minds that made sense even that's though that's the t- that's a type 2 regimen that, yeah i guess it's type pre i don't know pre-diabetes regimen i was still having numbers in the 300s with completely no carb diet um working out drinking tons of water and i would call and tell them my number because they told me to call if i was above like 180 or something like that i it's kind of shady now it was like three years ago i don't really remember the specifics blocked that out for reasons and um <laughs> and Anyways, I went home for the summer and I'm driving in my car with my older sister and I feel like absolute poop and I am just like disgusting and I was driving her to meet her friends out at the beach and finally my endocrinologist calls me back after I'd called them for maybe the like 200th time and they were like, oh wait, we thought you had one high blood sugar one time that you were upset about and you just kept calling us back about it and I was like, A, no. <laughs> B, not right. If you look at the transcript of my calls, I was get listing all these um, other high numbers that you guys had continued to not like face head on. And they're like, you need to go to the hospital right away. You're like in DKA. And I was like, what? And um, I know her. Yeah. Oh, you know her way better than I do. I mean, I wasn't vomiting yet. I mean, I was nauseous, like very nauseous and very sick, but not Christy's level of sick, which you will find out shortly. Anyways, I it's went, not a competition. <laughs> Christy wins. I went to, um, I was like, wait, I'm in Jacksonville. Can't I just go to your office? Like I'm functioning somewhat. And they were like, oh yeah, just come on in. I'm like, oh, okay. They take my A1C. It was about like eight, six, eight, seven. Um, for those who don't know anything about like seven or above is diabetic. And when they had been testing me before, I was like six, six, two. So I had 
finally gotten my correct diagnosis at that point. And they, I remember just crying, you know, getting this diagnosis, my mom sitting next to me, my mom was crying too. And I was like, Shh, like, what is going on? Like, what's happening? My doctor's just like, not even taking a breath to answer any of my questions. Um, she's like, this is your shot. This is how you use it. This is what you have to do. You have to check this many times a day. If you feel like this, do this, you know, all the things. And she just like got up and left. And the nurse came in and was like, here's your insulin shot. Do it right now. And I was like, you want me to stab myself with this? Like, like I sent me, it took me like five minutes to sit there. And I remember being like, I have to inflict pain to save my, like, I don't understand. I gave myself shots for about three months. Immediately, actually, after my diagnosis, two or three days after, I flew up to New York for my summer internship with Marie Claire as a fashion intern, shout out. And I had an amazing time and I had the most amazing boss whose family was actually had a bit of type two in his family. So he somewhat understood what I was going through, let me rest, you know, do all those things in between all of my fashion closet runs across the city, um, managed through my internship, fine um really you are an icon not really looking back I was so stupid I didn't have a Dexcom I didn't have an Omnipod two things that I have now Dexcom's a blood sugar monitor um not sugar glucose monitor and Omnipod is my insulin pump to bliss holla and um yeah so here I am three almost coming up on my third diversity as they say and fully bionic pretty much and now looking back and missing my my pancreas working days but that's my story send me drop me a line if you uh, feel have any similar stories you know shout out but now it's christy's turn take it away my god i just every time i hear your story i get so frustrated for you you tell it so calmly i would have been livid i would have like tackled the doctor and been like come back here I, I'm oh, not ready. Right. As a follow-up to that, obviously, I got a doctor in New York as soon as I came up here um, for my internship, and I have- Yeah, you get a new doctor. Yeah, I was like, bye. I have amazing doctors at the Naomi Berry Diabetes Clinic, Care Until the Cure. They're so amazing, literally just saved my life in so many ways and are there for me constantly and are really still- holding my hand through this disease that takes so many literal ups and downs every day and they're just an email phone call away oh love you shout out okay Christy's turn that's beautiful yeah so Emily is the only person I've ever met who can kind of outshine my I was diagnosed so late bit because (laughs) uh, I was diagnosed at 17 heading into my senior year of high school and I was told for years and anytime that I am around other diabetics and we kind of compare, contrast our stories. Everyone always says that they were diagnosed no later than 12. I think 12 previous to Emily was the (laughs) latest diagnosis I've ever got um, or ever heard of because every winter I do a college diabetes panel at my old doctor or my old practitioner's office, whatever you want to call it. Um, So yeah, there's always like an array of people there that I can chat with and I'm always the latest diagnosis so congrats Emily you you win record setting <laughs> not a contest um, illy, illy. <laughs> so like I said I was 17 at the time of my diagnosis it was kind of a traumatic time I guess you could say 
Um, By the time all was said and done, I was told that I was probably sick for the better part of like a year and a half, but the symptoms just kind of went over my head because like it's a known thing in my family that my mom and I are the worst people to go on a road trip with because we have to pee every five minutes. So when that started getting really bad, like it's kind of sad, but like I, I high key didn't notice. I was like, oh, like I guess I just drank a little bit more water that day. Keep in mind, I was probably drinking like gallons a day. When I think back to my junior year towards the end, because it was the summer between my the end of my junior year and the beginning of my senior year that I was diagnosed, I'm thinking back to my classroom regimen and I would get up with this giant water bottle and refill it twice within a class period. And like Emily said, peeing like three times an hour, I just kind of attributed it to I'm drinking more so of course I have to pee more I didn't think about it kind of out of those terms um I do think senior year I definitely like dropped a ton of weight but I was so stressed out that like I just kind of let other people fill in the answers for me like my mom would just be like you're so stressed with this and college applications xyz that like you aren't eating like clearly that's what's going on and I was like yeah that makes sense even though like that was not true at all I was probably eating like even more um so for about a week I started doing this nifty little breathing thing where I would just like low-key hyperventilate every time I was semi-active um then one day I went to the beach with my mom and my sister and we were visiting some of my mom's family We went out to dinner, and I remember my mouth felt like sandpaper at dinner. I had ordered, like, some kind of sandwich that came with french fries, and I remember my tongue was, like, on fire, and I was like, oh, my God, Kate, who is my sister, hey, Kate, um, like, are these just the saltiest fries you've ever had? Like, my mouth is on fire, and she was fine. She was like, no, freak. Also, you're breathing really weird again, and I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, I just didn't want to think that anything was wrong. I just thought I was tired. So then the day after that was a rough morning. Um, I guess I couldn't even tell you what time I woke up during the night. So let's just call it the middle of the night because that sounds fun. Um, I woke up and I started really pounding water. Um, The breathing had gotten very scary. I was just like a little Darth Vader in my bed. Um... Then at some point, I realized I did not have the energy to get up and refill my water bottle, but I really wanted water. So I texted my mom, and I was like, hey, I really don't feel well. Can you refill my water bottle? And my mom was like, that's kind of weird, but like, okay. So she came in, and she's like, you're breathing kind of funky, kid. And I was like, listen, I think I just need to go downstairs to the couch. I don't know why I thought that was going to make things better. I don't know if I thought I was going to breathe normally when I got down to the couch. But my mom was just kind of observing me, and I couldn't quite get a like a grasp on exactly what was, like, what she was seeing because I was so tired. I just remember dragging myself down the stairs. And then I guess I got to the second, like, flight of stairs, and I stumbled a bit, and she was like, um, maybe not. So I got to the couch. She gets dressed, comes back down. She's like, we're going to the hospital. And at that point, this is when things just start to get fuzzy. So this is the point where I wish my mom could fill in for me. But I'll recap based on what she's told me that my eyes just got like super 
creepy looking is I guess the only way to describe it she says that my eyes like swallowed in on themselves I don't even know what that means but my sister like helped me get to the car my angelic mother was like whipping up through the Wachung reservation to bring me to if anyone's from New Jersey you know what that means but like just trees everywhere just like whipping around me we get to the first hospital um the doctors were asking me a couple of questions I remember being put in a wheelchair but I don't remember where they wheeled me or whatever Um, at that point I was just trying to focus on like continuing to breathe. They thought, I guess that I was on drugs or something because they asked me all of these questions about like drug use. And I was like, no, no, no. And my mom was like, no. (laughs) So I guess they took my blood sugar or somehow they knew to send me to this other hospital that was more qualified to deal with what was going on. So then I got to the second hospital, and this is when I don't remember a thing. Apparently, they put me in an ambulance to get me from hospital A to hospital B. I have no memory of that hospital, or uh, that ambulance ride, rather, whatsoever. Completely a blacked-out experience. I got to hospital B. My mom is staring at me through a glass window because they wouldn't let her be in the room as fluids were just pouring out of my DKA little body. Um... She said it was, she compares it to Snow White because she she was like, you're just in this little glass box. I don't think Snow White had like liquids pouring out of her like by the gallons, but you know how it is. So then the doctor came out and was like, hey ma'am, to my mom, uh, your kid is like the diabetic. What's going on here? Like, why didn't you bring her in sooner? And my mom was like, we didn't know and just poor thing was crying and had to wait for my sister to drive up to the hospital so she wouldn't be alone and yeah that's about it in terms of diagnosis and then you know I went to a coma for like a little bit um <laughs> as so well. casual with your coma oh just my a goodness casual, just a casual little coma for like a bit um I don't even want to know how high my blood sugar was but I do remember that it took days to get back down to a normal level for me to even have a sip of water because anything with like the slightest amount of not oxygen in my body was just gonna set me right on off so like I was hooked up to an IV so I could at least get fluids that way but I was not allowed to eat or drink for days it was horrible you poor poor soul I remember at one point they let me brush my teeth and the nurse distinctly told me like okay, I'm going to let you brush your teeth, but you're not allowed to drink any of the water that, like, I let you swish your mouth out with. And I was like, yeah, of course. I would never do that. <laughs> naturally, I <laughs> naturally I lied. I took a sip of the water and immediately threw up. And she was like, well, what did I just tell you? So I had to wait for my number to get down to something somewhat normal so it could at least be, like, contained. And I remember the first meal that I ordered, I was so excited that I was allowed to eat. And then they brought out these, like, I ordered these terrible pancakes, and I didn't want to eat them. And they were like, well, you have to eat them. Like, you just gave yourself, well, I didn't give myself, we just gave you enough insulin. Like, you have to eat all of this. And I was like, are you kidding me? Because I thought I was hungry, but then they brought out this huge, like, 80-carb meal. So for, like, days, I was on a regimen of 80 carbs three times a day. And I was like, this is too much food, kids. Like, I'm just eating again for the first time in, like, four days. Wait, wait, wait. How... How did your blood sugar not spike so much after that? I don't know why 80 was the number. Um, I guess because, like, I was also dropping a lot. Like, I was in the hospital for about a week. Um, I guess that I had dropped so many times during the night that my body was just, it did not know what to do. My body was in some kind of shock. 
like it had gone through a very traumatic thing from the first time I threw up when I woke up during the night like refilling my water bottle from like the second I threw up my body went into shock so I was only able to stay conscious through like a little bit of that um but like my body had just gone through so much that unfortunately it just couldn't handle anything that wasn't super regulated so I don't know why 80 was the magic number but it was just too much food for me too so I was like all right guys I haven't eaten in like four days and now you're trying to give me these huge meals three times a day I was so overwhelmed um I guess because I had to stay in the hospital I definitely got more training than you did yeah but and then for weeks after I would have to go back like at least once a week for like lessons and training and whatnot but all right I guess that's it in terms of my diagnosis story it was um it was a tough one while I was in my little coma like I don't even know how my my mom my dad and my sister were there my brother poor thing was like he was in the army at the time so he was overseas and could not get home and he was just like what is going on so yeah at some point maybe we want to have a sister's episode where our sisters comment. I'll have Kate talk about what it was like to watch me coming in and out of my coma times because I don't remember that, like, whole day. Oh, your poor family, you poor thing. Yeah, my, um, I have a twin sister, Laura, shout out. We shared a womb, now we share an apartment. And then I have an older sister, Elizabeth, who lives in New York. She's three and a half years older, four school years, so she was, like, a real real life New Yorker by the time oh I'm gonna get so much crap for saying it like that oh well um and yeah so I was really I mean my family is amazing they've been there for me they've they were there for me before you know we're like a close-knit happy family Ugh, vomit so cute and um my I don't know being diagnosed at 20 like I wasn't living at home and I didn't even spend the summers at home. I was interning in New York, like even last summer and the summer before. It's just, it's, uh, my parents are still on a learning curve as I'm sure yours, you know, yours are. And anyone who has diabetes can attest that it's constantly a learning curve because the more you grow, the more you age, the more you go through and, you know, like do in your life, anything from getting your period to, you know, like having sex or even, um, you know, going for a run from what I hear from the doctors <laughs> about running. <laughs> from um, what we know. Yeah, from what we hear about all those things. Um, really, just it, anything can affect it from stress for an exam to, you know, walking a block. It's, uh, it's constantly yeah, depending changing. On the time, depending on the time of day. Yeah. Um, so whether you do shots like Christy does, um, talking about the needle kind for insulin, not just her love of tequila, but um, <laughs> love is an interesting way to describe my relationship with tequila. Uh, we all we all have a relationship with tequila. Anyways, um, sorry, mom and dad. But basically, what we're trying to say is it's just life. You know, I, I do. I have an insulin pump and a continuous glucose monitor. Shout out to Dexcom. Um, if you want to hook me up with some supplies. <laughs> love you long time (laughs) that'd be great um Um, yeah yeah. I stick with the old school method got my my pens my needles I stick with the as futuristic as tubeless pumping can go your Uh, way is definitely 
like higher tech i'm just being a grandpa about it no i but i i like my method and most of the time it does work i feel like when emily and i text each other about horrible lows and highs and all of that jazz it's not like we do that daily because we don't have horrible days every day unless you're us this last week where we've just been on a downward slope honestly though it's because we were both on our periods like it really does affect me I don't know we cycle that sorry again for anyone (laughs) you know what if you can't deal with the word period then you shouldn't be graced with the presence of women in your lives sorry I'm very opinionated on that it's a hormonal time but like there's nothing to be done about it yeah like like, this is real this is us if we could not deal with it that would be ideal seriously whatever I mean sometimes you gotta bleed we are women hear us roar this is getting gross (laughs) (laughs) from PMS anger no I'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) oi anyways um but no back to what we were saying about using shots I know so many people shout out to JDRF juvenile diabetes research foundation um the Youth Leadership Council, which I have been newly introduced to. If you can, if you guys can hear that, that is my Dexcom telling me that my blood sugar is 191. Um, so, you know, it's really a constant thank you to the toast I had for breakfast, which I under for because of the four lows I had yesterday. Anyways, that is neither here nor there. That's a whole nother episode <laughs> in the making, as per usual. But back to people using... Um, like even so I know someone that uses syringes I know people that use oh, pen wow. needles yeah I probably shouldn't have just called him out like that I'm praying he doesn't listen to this moving on oh my god he's a great guy really nice oh my god I hate myself and um so many people don't use pumps but like even the people that do use pumps we all use different kinds like I know maybe four people on the youth leadership council who use omnipods but then there's so many that use the tubing kind like the t-slim or the medtronic and you know even people looking into the closed loop systems which I'm holding out for so much but again another episode for another time yeah thanks for listening guys (laughs) on my constant rants Listen, this was a necessary episode because I feel like, I don't know, we both had a pretty rough entrance. I don't think anyone's, hey, you're diagnosed is like a positive thing, but most people I've talked to are just like, yeah, I noticed the symptoms, went to the doctor and got the right diagnosis. And like, of course, that doesn't make the whole lifestyle easier, but I don't know. Everyone, yeah. Our story is really particularly terrible. I mean, I feel like it's really shaped us in a way, though. We've always had a good sense of humor, and then now, you know, it's just with more needle and blood jokes. You gotta, you gotta take yeah. what you're handed in life. And for those who can't laugh at diabetes, it's gonna be a long and winding road because you gotta be able to laugh at all of the ridiculous things that happen. So stay tuned to hear just a few. Yeah, honestly, anytime my roommates ask me to do something I don't want to do, I'll just drop like a guys. My pancreas doesn't work. And everyone is just silent for like a minute. I know. I've started making like uh, jokes at work because I'm trying to make everyone comfortable with the fact that I have diabetes because you'd be surprised at how terrified people are and how delicate they think you are once you tell them. Yeah, that's a really good way to phrase it. Some people really think that you are just super, super delicate. But like, yeah, if I'm laughing about it, like... You, like, if I'm, I'm laughing about it, you laugh, too. Like, don't just look at me uncomfortably. Like, nah, bro, this is part it's of, cool. This is part of our world. Like, we're really chill. We're 
clearly we're talking about it via podcast like we're pretty open about it um people know when our periods start now so there's really not else if anyone's on mine and emily's cycle like drop us a line you know (laughs) i hate us we'll never i can't promise you i know we could have done just there i can't promise you we'll never talk about it again but we'll do our best to control ourselves it'll be at least a month until we talk about it again (laughs) Oh my god. Anyways, guys, we hope you enjoyed this. We hope you follow us along on our journey of being fun, flirty, and diabetic. (laughs) Oh, Christy. That's a Tinder profile. Oh my god. BRB. Gotta go update my Bumble. (laughs) Oh god. (laughs) All right, guys. Yeah, we gotta go. We gotta go. (laughs) Follow us on Instagram. Um, Follow our blog. Follow... Christy, follow me on everything always for updates. Um, yeah, we'll post all of these links on the website. But yeah. like, rule of thumb, I'm going to make the Instagram RN. It's just at Pancreas Pals. Yeah. And then website domain, same thing because you'll be listening to it. So you'll already know the website. And, you know, we'll link to our personal accounts. We'll link to our, our Pancreas Pals accounts. We just want you guys to know what a struggle it is and how funny it can be and that you're not the only ones going through it because everyone needs a pancreas pal and that's what we're here for it's true all the time all right stay classy stay sassy stay diabetic <laughs> or don't, <laughs> or don't. If you're type if, two yeah if you can if you have any control you know like do what you can again this is more of a type one kind of blog because we can't really you know say anything towards type two just because we haven't experienced it but we're happy to hang out with you we just can't i don't want to comment on it because i don't yeah we're i don't know that struggle yeah we can only you know attest to what we we deal with but we're here for you guys no matter what oh that's cute and have a great day bye bye